Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 40. This is a nice little weekend show that we thought we would do because we're going out to a nice dinner. For our anniversary week. This is anniversary week. We don't just have anniversary day. We have anniversary week. And this is kind of a big year. I mean, is it a big wed- year? well, wedding anniversary is 17, but having met and been together 20 years 20 so it's kind years. of a 20 year anniversary but not officially as far as our wedding anniversary 20 years but that's still kind of cool we'll take it yeah a good excuse to do I think some extra so. celebrating <laughs> i think so and then uh, we're going to record another episode that's just going to be for the insiders only and that's where i'm going to drop the first chapter you might call it it'll be the prologue of strange company 2 voodoo warfare so the people that like to talk about writing or just like my books and everything like that, you're going to get that. And then part of that um, that uh, insiders-only content will actually be um, me reading uh, the chapter and then sort of doing director's cut commentary on that. Some people kind of enjoyed that the last time I did that. And I intend to do that with every chapter as we go through it. So if you're not a member yet of uh, the insiders, which we call The Hand... Uh, the cult-like group that is part of the Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, then consider jumping in for five bucks a month. You will really like it. You get a deal if you do a little bit more. You get a super deal if you become a foundation member. You get a piece of of living history and possibly something that might make you some money down the line. So we'll see how that goes. But today, um, we wanted to talk about something that's kind of making the rounds right now. Uh, and we're having a Phil's. We're having a nice Phil's Jacob's Wonder Bar coffee this Saturday afternoon. So we're excited about that. That's um, making the rounds. And I just want to make sure that you hear it and maybe possibly have the opportunity to share it. So I'm going to have links in the main body if you want to share it. Um, it was on Tucker Carlson last night, but all it is really is actually a series of tweets. And this guy who tweeted the series of tweets absolutely nailed the entire thing um nailed how we feel on the right nailed why we feel this way um and we're constantly you know being gaslit by the left um i think one of the things that came out today is that uh kamala harris said that um people who were rural were too stupid to photocopy their id you know, but, uh, you know, you, 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 you're going to need to show an ID to get vaccinated. It's this constant gaslighting by the left. It's this constant moving of boundaries by the left. It's this constant, oh, we got caught, but really it's your fault. I mean, that was most notable in the gay men's chorus thing to vehicle this week in which the gay men's chorus came out and literally sang the creepiest song of all time. Um, we're coming for your children and did it knowingly got caught for it and then said, oh, it's a joke. And without actually taking a breath, went on to blame Christians for right-wing bigotry, hate the Bible, and then said, now it's our turn. And basically, it was a non-apology. It was a non-apology for getting caught. Then they took the video down because they got harassed and blah, blah, blah. But it's, again, that constant left thing of doing something really stupid or baiting or attacking or literally gleefully trampling on people's rights or just personally held beliefs getting caught for it and then doing the old Republicans pounce narrative. Not that we got caught, but that you pounced on us. That's the problem. So uh, Single White Medusa is going to do a dramatic reading of this fellow's tweet thread. 
and I just encourage you to listen to it. Maybe we'll have some comments and kind of break it down, and we can also talk about it in the Substack comments. But honestly, I think this is worth listening to. I don't know if it's the COVID fog, because there was there is supposedly a little brain fog that goes with COVID. I don't know if it's the constant inundation of the 24-hour news cycle. I don't know if it's sort of the overwhelming nature of leftist society that we kind of find ourselves in now. But sometimes it is a little hard to keep a track about what the situation is, what has happened. And I think what, what this tweet thread did for me is it completely summed up why we feel the way we feel. And real quick... Can I ask you, I don't know if you've said this on this show before, but can you say that thing one more time? Because it reminds me of, like, that thing about the old man kind of yelling in the square, yelling kind of the truth at people yeah. in the public square. I thought you were going to ask me to say the word belly button. <laughs> no. Which is the funniest word you can say. <laughs> no. Which we learned from Orson Bean, yeah. who was a great guy. Yes. Uh, but he died last year, got hit by a car, but really great guy. If you can ever go back and listen to the um, uh, Dennis Miller shows where Orson, who was just a veteran old school actor from the old days, uh, came on and talked. He had so much wisdom and so much comedy. There were two things that I took away from him he, because he became a Christian later in life. And, he, and Dennis asked him one time, he said, uh, like, do you get upset when you tell people about Jesus, you know, your Christ, he said, and they're not into it. And Orson said, no, I just think, well, more Jesus for me. <laughs> and that's literally like become my motto lately. <laughs> and then the other thing that was really great about Orson was he um, talked about how he got how he got his first break in showbiz. And he literally walked into this agent's office and the agent said, say something funny. He said, belly button. He's like, you're hired. <laughs> exactly. So that was one. But the thing that single white Medusa is referring to that is not that is um, an old Greek proverb in which uh, there was an old man um, yelling in the streets about what was right and what needed to be done. And day after day, he just sat there and yelled and yelled and yelled. And finally, a boy came up to him and um, he said, you know, why do you do this? No one's listening to you. And the old man took a breath and he said, little boy, I do it now if just to remind myself not to forget what's right. You know, and so in the end, yeah, like if it comes down to like it's just us and the culture has completely turned us, tuned us out and we can't get a voice on the Internet, we can't get a voice in Netflix and we're not even allowed to write books anymore, then we've still got to do this. We've got to find a parking lot or we've got to find a street or we've got to do whatever. And we've got to scream the truth, not for other people to hear it, but just so we don't forget. Exactly. I love that. So this is the perfect example of that. Um, and just to give credit where credit is due, the man that did these tweets is named Daryl Cooper. Daryl with two R's and a Y. And his t Twitter handle is MartyrMade, M-A-D-E. Um, and so here we go. I'm Daryl and this is my other brother, Daryl. Those <laughs> of you who know where that comes from. I... It's like I remember it. And is it from the Bob Newhart show? Yeah, yes, it was. that's right. Daryl, this is my <clears throat> other brother, Daryl. <laughs> um, okay. 
I think I've had discussions with enough boomer tier Trump supporters who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent to extract a general theory about their perspective. It is also the perspective of most of the people at the Capitol on January 6th and probably even Trump himself. Most believe some or all of the theories involving midnight ballots, voting machines, etc. But what you find when you talk to them is that while they'll defend those positions with info they got from Hannity or Breitbart or whatever, they're not particularly attached to them. Side note, I'm particularly attached to them. Okay, going back. No tape venom. <laughs> Single white Medusa is attached. Exactly. But, you know, he's making a really good case there. He's saying, like, you know, this is not a live or die thing for a lot of people. And I think as we go along, we'll see we'll see what actually makes the argument. Sure. <clears throat> Here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape their perspective. Number one. The FBI, etc., spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. That's true. We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. Parentheses, see Brennan's July 2016 memo, etc. These are Tea Party people, the types who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday and have founding fathers' memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence, including forged documents, is a big deal to them. Everyone involved lied about their involvement as long as they could. We only learned the DNC paid for the manufactured evidence because of a court order. Comey denied on TV knowing the DNC paid for it, when we have emails from a year earlier proving that he knew. This was true with everyone, from CIA Director Brennan and Adam Schiff, who were on TV saying they'd seen clear evidence of collusion with Russia, while admitting under oath behind closed doors that they hadn't. That was one of the crazy things, is like, you would see these people going on CNN and just rhetoric, Russia, Russia, we're gonna get Trump, and, you know, just ginning up this thing, and then you would find that you know, under oath and everything like that. I mean, literally even down, I remember there was this one chick who, uh, she was sort of a deep state or whatever. She had crazy eyes and she was in the Obama administration. She was on the news saying, you know, Trump has done horrible things and we're going to get, we're going to get them. And I have the proof. And then she literally goes right into testimony and says, I, I have no knowledge. I, I don't know anything. Wow. I mean, it was like that, that was not, that was not an uncommon experience. Uh, um, it, you know, certain uh, situation. situation, and it and it was amazing that they could be so schizophrenic, where they would they would say these things are happening and they're absolutely horrible, and they knew that they could say it to a vast swath of the culture, and then go in and when when they make you take that oath, and when everybody's sitting around and there is the threat of jail time, the story is completely different, and and that that to me is like literally the definition of insanity. Well, because I think they've learned if they just say something on the news, even if it ends up getting proved false later, tons of people won't ever kind of hear that correction. And so it kind of sticks with at least some people. But going back to what I said at the beginning or what you asked me to say about the old man screaming the truth, I think that there's a danger when you tell lies. Oh, yeah. I think the danger is that you can end up believing the lies. And and that's where, where you look at a lot of me mental illness. That's kind of where it starts. Yeah. You know, and that's why I never play the crazy games of the mentally ill. Oh, we've got to we've got to walk on black squares because grandma will go nuts. You know, or we've 
we've got to wear tinfoil hats because Stevie says, you know, they're they're shooting. I don't play that game. And I didn't like, and that was the same thing with the mask. I didn't play the mental illness game. I, I, and I, and I don't have like the fear, COVID anxiety, or, you know, that a lot of the culture seems to have now in sort of the cities, you know, the fear of being around people, the fear of going out because you believed a lie instead of just using common sense. Yeah. And same with trans. I know we've talked about, like, we don't, we don't do the, oh, hi, miss. When it's clearly a guy, like, we just don't do that. We're nice to them, yeah. but we're not going to, like, <laughs> yeah. pretend a fairy tale. Your pronouns and my pronouns are obvious, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And you can say, I prefer to be called this way. You can do that all day long, but I don't play with the truth. It's too important. Yeah. You know? If you you, gotta can, you do, can call yourself You got that. dude parts, you're a dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. You can call yourself Tino. You can sure. legally change your name from Tina to Tino. And I guess I got to say Tino, but I'll never say he. Well, never, ever. But with... Caitlyn Jenner, you and I kind of hold our ground, and we still call him Bruce because yeah, it's Bruce. It's Bruce. Come on, Bruce. Remember the Wheaties box. Bruce is dressing up like a woman, yeah. and he's done some other stuff to be like a woman, but apparently he's still Bruce. It's weird, does. man. As John Lovis said, it's weird. <laughs> exactly. And he's his friend, anyways. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um, while admitting under oath behind closed doors that they hadn't all the way down the line, in the end, we learned that it was all fake. At first, many Trump people were worried there must be some collusion because every media and intel agency wouldn't make it up out of nothing. When it was clear that they had made it up, people expected a reckoning and shed many illusions about their government when it didn't happen. We know as fact, A, the Steele dossier was the sole evidence used to justify spying on the Trump campaign. B, the FBI knew the Steele dossier was a DNC op. C. Steele's source told the FBI the info was unserious. D. They did not inform the court of any of this and kept spying. Trump supporters know the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying the collusion must be real to suspecting it might be fake to realizing it was a scam, then watched as every institution, agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare people away from working in the administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, pre- uh, the DOJ, press, and government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that crossed all institutional boundaries because it had stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper. GOP propaganda still has many of them thinking in terms of partisan binaries, but a lot of Trump supporters see that the regime is not partisan. They all know that the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was a Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush election. I can only guess, you know, the absolute hysteria. And I think we'll get to that in a few tweets here, um, that if it would have been Donald Trump Jr.'s, you know, or Eric Trump. There's an Eric Trump, right? Mm-hmm. If it would have been their laptop. Oh, my gosh. You know. There would have been, like, one iota of yeah. what was on the, the laptop. The, the yeah. constant histronics and outrage about every little thing that he did. And then suddenly the dumb show of Biden mm-hmm. is glaring. It's yeah. glaring. And that's, again, 
this tweet thread is just brilliantly summing up why we feel the way that we feel. And anyways, let's just go on. Okay. It's hard to describe to people on the left who are used to thinking of government as a conspiracy, Watergate, Cointelpro, I'm not sure what that is, WMD, etc., how shocking and disillusioning this was for people who encourage their sons to enlist in the army and hate people who don't stand for the anthem. They could have managed the shock if it was only involved the government, but the behavior of the corporate press is really what radicalized them. Yeah. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The idea that the press is driven by ratings and sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime they now see in outline. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that, period. This is profoundly disorienting. Many of them don't know for certain whether ballots were faked in November 2020, but they know for absolute certain that the press, the FBI, etc. would lie to them if there was. See, that's the big point for me, stopping point right there, mm-hmm. is I don't I don't know. I mean, there I have some suspicions, but you don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's still enough room, and sometimes people make cogent enough arguments that I say, well... Okay, maybe that can be true. But I, I would also say, gosh, a lot of the coincidences seem to go one way. So, again, like, I'm probably at a 70-30 split right there on whether it was stolen. 70, I believe it was. 30% I've got a room for doubt. What, wow. What, what completely eradicates the final, let's say, not 30%, but 29.9% is what I have seen out of the left. And that means the media but I repeat myself, as Andrew Clavin would say. <laughs> um, Hollywood, government, every institution, you know, deep capture, everything mm-hmm. that has been captured is that they would do it. They yes. would do it, and they said that they would do it. Yeah. They said that they would go to every length possible to quote one before Trump even was sworn in, we're going to get him. We're going to do all these things. And, and I thought, well, that's just rhetoric. But what I saw, what I've seen, is that the poor man, that they really did go for the poor man, and they hated him. But the reality is, you know, and, and this is the oddest thing you're ever going to hear, Donald Trump is a representative of all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not culty behavior. That's not me saying something. Donald Trump was an outsider. Donald Trump is an average, ordinary citizen in a lot of ways. Donald Trump knows how to talk to union workers, and he no, knows how to wear a hard hat. These are things that Jake Tapper and Joe Biden and Kamala don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to do it all. So there's a very there's a very common manness about Trump, even though he's wealthy and gold fixtures. Which I mean, to be honest, we'd all do that stuff if we had his money. Um, but <laughs> but you know, I'd have a gold toilet seat, sure. <laughs> you know, but but uh, what the the lesson of Trump is. Don't you ever think about stepping into government unless we've made you, unless we've approved you. And that really means collateral and control. Unless we've got the goods on you, don't think you're stepping in. Why do they need those goods? Because you need to do what they say. Mm -hmm. So the final thing that killed it for me is if they would, they could. So they did. Yeah. And for the record, 
I'm at 99.99% <laughs> the election was stolen. Yes, with a margin point, of error. Point zero one, it wasn't. <laughs> with a margin of error of, uh, error of nothing. <laughs> exactly. But that's cool. We can agree to disagree. Sure, and yeah. That's why. Well, you've always been more red-pilled than me. That's yeah, the, that's, that's true. Like, but a lot of people probably think it's me. But it's really you. And I, I mean, I'm cool with it, though. Like, I, yeah. I like your honesty. I like that you're at 70-30. That's yeah. fine. But I just wanted you are the destroyer to lay that down. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. So we just had a moment there where I knocked over the coffee on Nicole's uh, single white Medusa's shoe. So we fixed that, and now we're back. Thank goodness I was wearing leopard print shoes because that just blended right in. <laughs> it's not going to stain. Your your heels are so high that you're almost as tall as me at six one. I know it's really crazy. So I mean, maybe was... maybe I I passively, <laughs> aggressively Freudian slip decided to take you down a peg. Exactly. Yeah, that's how evil I am. I didn't even know that I'm being evil. I know that's okay. I'm a I, wicked man. I know you don't mean. I'm to so be. sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I think it'll be okay. Okay, back to it. Um, but they know for cer- for absolute certain that the press, the FBI, etc., would lie to them if there was. They have every reason to believe that, and it's probably true. They watched the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Kavanaugh as a gang rapist, based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. They led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a summer of riots. They always claimed the media had liberal bias. Fine, whatever. They still thought the press would admit truth if they were cornered. Now they don't. It's a different thing to watch them invent stories whole cloth in order to destroy regular lives and spark mass violence. The funny thing about the liberal bias thing is, um, if you know about my story, I was at HarperCollins and they fired me for writing something they didn't want published. And uh, Larry Correa picked that article that I wrote up and it went viral. And he pointed towards it and he said, see, there is a liberal bias in, in publishing. And that was, I think, 2015. You have to remember, in 2015, they, that side still debated that there was any kind of liberal bias. They just said, oh, no, no, you know, like, it, it's not, it's all in your head. Or they would use these other sort of fictionalizations about it and everything like that. So gaslighting. Gaslighting to say that it wasn't or that liberals were just smarter and that's why they got those jobs or publishing contracts or or whatever it is. But in the years since and really since Trump, like the gloves came off and they don't even admit like to the liberal bias now, like like that that it doesn't exist. They they actively promote it. And I know people who work in companies and in, in HR or have hiring power and they're just being flat out told you know, to, to basically toe the line here and stuff like that. And that's, you know, and if you know what happened, there was a tweet that I had a few months ago, um, where I got a film deal with a, or was approaching a film deal with a pretty major corporation. And one of the executives turned around and said, you know, I'm not making a product for a white Christian trash audience. And that's what this guy's audience is. And so, you know, that wasn't the case in 2015. There, there really was still this pretense that everything was fair. That's gone now. And so we do, again, we have to do that time warp thing where we step back and, and look at how far we've come. And the reality is now there is no pretense, conservative, Christian, white, whatever thing that they don't like, you know, and they'll move those boundaries. If you think that you don't exist in those things, you just watch. Even if you think that you have liberal identifiers, I think a lot of like people in the LGBT community 
are about to get marginalized. And if you even look at that flag, uh, every time they remodel that flag, it's amazing how that rainbow is disappearing. And it's being pushed out by something else. And you have to look closely. But it's very interesting because Marxism will tolerate nothing. And so um, the liberal bias is, 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 is no longer debated. It is the standard. That's what I would say. Good old Overton window, like where it keeps moving further and further, that kind of normalcy yeah. uh, feeling of like, well, this is this is normal. And like they keep moving it and moving it and moving it. Yeah. I still think, though, that some people on that side try to say that what they are is center. I think they try to say that they're total leftist thing well this is this is center and you guys are right wing when it's like i, I don't know i know some of them admit, admit i think it, i think i think center is great and moderate's great and all those things are, are nice and and just like i think you know like uh soft fuzzy slippers are nice mm-hmm. um but you're if you, if you think center or moderate or right right now or great you know silent majority and stuff like that you're you're about to get consumed or they just haven't reached your your do not cross line yeah um, but we're we're in such a I thought it would actually maybe settle down, but I've been wrong like on, on this before. I thought actually Obama like getting elected would possibly calm things down in the nation and people you know the that side would say okay now we've had our identity president like let's get along, but actually things are just polarizing more radically by the second. I think if Obama hadn't been who he was that probably might have oh, been yeah. true but he was such an yeah, i don't know instigator but he was sold as a, a different guy right even though some people knew the truth yeah yeah what me yeah exactly because you read I, a book I read jerome corsi's <laughs> book <laughs> what was that called um abomination abomination and, as and, in and abomination. people give corsi a hard time and whatever but it's funny almost everything he said in that book is true yeah. and yeah i don't think obama was born in the united states yeah i'll say that I know. I'll say there's, it too. There's I mean, people who tell you he wasn't, who can, who've seen the birth certificate. Yeah. Oh, you know, and if there's nothing to hide, well, just go ahead and release their transcripts. Yeah, it's funny how they've still not released the that. birth certificate. You know, <laughs> release Michelle Obama's thesis. That should be interesting. Yeah. I've heard it's a real piece of work. Exactly. Okay, back to our Twitter article. Time Mag told us that during the 2020 riots, there were weekly conference calls involving, among others, leaders of the protests, the local officials who refused to stop them, and media people who framed them for political effect. In Ukraine, we call that a color revolution. Throughout the summer, Democrat governors took advantage of COVID to change voting procedures. It wasn't just the mail-ins. They lowered signature matching standards, etc., After the collusion scam, the fake impeachment, Trump people expected shenanigans by now. Re, fake impeachment, we now know that Trump's request for Ukraine to cooperate with the DOJ regarding Biden's uh, monetary activities in Ukraine was in support of an active investigation being pursued by the FBI and Ukraine AG at the time, and so a completely legitimate request. Then you get the Hunter laptop scandal. Big Tech ran a full-on censorship campaign against a major newspaper to protect a political candidate. Period. Everyone knows it. All of the tech companies now admit it was a mistake, but you know, the election's over, so who cares? 
goes without saying, but if the New York Times had Don Jr.'s laptop full of pics of him smoking crack and engaging in group sex, lots of lurid family drama, emails describing direct corruption, and backed up by the CEO of the company they were using, the New York Times wouldn't have been banned. Think back. Stories about Trump being pissed it's like inappropriate for me to say. That's not classy. Pete. Pete <laughs> Sorry, upon. I'm just like reading. Pete upon by Russian hookahs. Stories about Trump. If you say it in a British voice, it sounds classier. Now that I remember, Tucker even said, like, he made it, he classed it up a little bit. Oh. So, yeah, stories about that by Russian prostitutes and blackmailed by Putin were promoted as fact. And the only evidence Fact. was a... Remember yeah. remember mm-hmm. Avenatti? Remember that dude mm-hmm. who was crying in court the other day because he's going to jail for a long time? Woo! Yep. Yeah. Remember how he was going to be the front runner for 2024? <laughs> exactly. Remember little high-pitched potato man Brian Stetler? I, I, think, I think you're one to watch, you know, like, jeez. <laughs> George only... Costanza cosplay enthusiast. Exactly. And the only evidence was a document paid for by his opposition and disavowed by its source. Yeah. The New York Post was imagine, banned for imagine, reporting on true information. Imagine if, like, they said, you know, we're going to report on you, but we're going to go to your worst enemy and ask them about it. Yeah. You know, like... And, <laughs> Who's a pathological liar, by the way. He's a pathological liar, and we'll, do, we'll stop at nothing to get you. Mm-hmm. And that's a credible source. Exactly. Yeah. The reaction of Trump people to all this was, no fair. That's how they felt about Romney's binders of women in 2012. This is different. Now they see correctly that every institution is captured by people who will use any means to exclude them from the political process. And do you know why that is? And it's an important thing to remember. And it's a small point, but you have to remember. Whereas you in your life are governed by some sort of moral code of ethics about what you will and will not do, and everybody kind of has some different ones, I think there are some universal ones. No one thinks it's a good idea to shoot and eat a baby, regardless of what humanists will tell you, that it's not wrong or whatever. Don't like it, but it's not wrong. It's the same abortion argument that all the weak cheese Christians give you. You know, I wouldn't personally uh, get an abortion, but, you know, if people want to get an abortion, well, that sucks. You know, mm-hmm. you suck. Um but it's it's uh, it, it's interesting. Um, the more what was I gonna say? The captured thing? Are you talking about like deep capture? That oh, whole thing? No, no, no. Oh, the, okay. The the about about the things that people will and won't do. What okay. was that last line? Now they see correctly that every institution is captured by people who will use any means any to means exclude possible. them from the political okay. process. So the little point that I got lost on there: COVID brain fog, um, <laughs> Alzheimer's. Um, is that whereas you're you're governed by a certain set of standards and ethics, the interesting thing about the left when you talk to people who have been in the left or you know understand it or marched alongside them, Tim Pool is one of these guys. They believe that truth, uh, that power is the only truth. That if you have power, that's the only thing. That's the only truth, and you can do anything as long as you get that power, and then that's the reason to do it. I feel like Tim Pool. I don't think he agrees with that. I think he says that that's the left's viewpoint, and and it is. I well, think. it is. I, I'm not saying he agrees with it. I'm just saying he was part of that movement, Occupy, okay. and things like that. Yeah. And he learned around them that they really, truly do believe. There's a document circulating online. Jack Murphy posted it, I think, last night uh, about Antiva and what they're putting on people's doorsteps in in Oregon, basically talking about what Antifa is all about. And that is actually quite a shocking document. 
Wow. Yeah, but it really is power is the only truth. And so when power is the only truth, of course, you will do all these things so that you can get power. Not even because Orange Man is bad, but Mm -hmm. so that you can have power. At the end of the day, that's the most shameless thing about this entire episode is that it's not actually about the people. It's not about your side you know, uh, it's not about the issues that you believe. It's not about that Orange Man is is the new Hitler or anything like that. It is about nothing more than that you get power. So Orange Man is bad because he's standing in the way of your power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's seen through that lens of if you're keeping me from my power, you're bad. Mm. Hello, Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And yet they showed up in record numbers to vote. Yeah. He got, Trump got... 13 million more votes than in 2016, 10 million more than Clinton got. As election night dragged on, they allowed themselves some hope. But when the four critical swing states and only those states went dark at midnight, they knew. Over the ensuing weeks, they got shuffled around by grifters and media scam artists selling them conspiracy theories. They latched onto one, then another, increasingly absurd theory as they tried to put a concrete name on something very real. Media and tech did everything to make things worse. Everything about the election was strange. The changes to procedure, unprecedented mail-in voting, the delays, etc. But rather than admit that and make everything transparent, they banned discussion of it, even in DMs. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Just you never hear about anybody suffering from the second shot now. Right. But initially, everybody's like, "Man, my teeth are chattering. This is, feels bad. This is awful." Now you don't hear anything because exactly. they don't let it be heard. Yeah. Everyone knows that just as John, Don Jr.'s laptop would have been the story of the century if everything about the election dispute was the same, except the parties were reversed. Suspicions about the outcome would have been taken very seriously. See 2016 for proof. Even the court's refusal of the case gets nowhere with them because of how the opposition embraced mass political violence. That's true. They'll say, with good reason, what judge will stick his neck out for Trump knowing he'll be destroyed in the media as a violent mob burns down his house? It's a fact, according to Time magazine, that mass riots were planned in cities across the country if Trump won. Be a shame if something happened to you, your career, your family, your house your lawn that's what they were saying at the time don't believe it the Chauvin trial is really the case like not saying that that's not a that there wasn't you know bad behavior there that there wasn't a murder there whatever you want to call it but that wasn't a fair trial Mm -hmm. that jury that jury was no by no means ever going to do anything but what they did because they were frightened to death exactly and one of them was actually a BLM marcher so wow Yeah. yeah that's bad so there you go sure they were pl- they were protests quote protests, but they were planned by the same people as during the summer, and everyone knows what it would have meant. Judges have families too. Forget the ballot conspiracies. It's a fact that governors used COVID to unconstitutionally alter election procedures. The Constitution states that only legislatures can do so. To help Biden to make up for a massive enthusiasm gap by gaming the mail-in ballot system. They knew it was unconstitutional, it's right there in plain English, but they knew the cases wouldn't see court until after the election, and what judge will toss millions of ballots because a governor broke the rules? The threat of mass riots wasn't implied, it was direct. The entrenched bureaucracy and security state subverted Trump from day one. 
that was A. B, the press is part of the operation. C, election rules were changed. D, big tech censors opposition. E, political violence is legitimized and encouraged. F, Trump is banned from social media. They were led down some rabbit holes, but they are absolutely right and that their government is monopolized by a regime that believes they are beneath representation and will observe no limits to keep them getting it. Trump fans should be happy he lost. It might have kept him alive. Woo, the Ooh. end. The end. That's uh, I, I do believe that, and I and there's a part of me that thinks that assassination in Haiti was a mes- method, message to Trump that if you keep up with this, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these p- things play out, but that's a classic ex- example that to that side, um, power is the only truth. Um, they hate you, they mock you, they they have stolen what is yours, and they have no mean like like I was talking about the other day they have no no intention of ever returning this power to you um, if they can get away with it they're going to create more crises so that there is never ever another fair election they they are violent they are dangerous and there are very few people that will stand up against them and they will rapidly respond to any kind of situation in which they um their power is questioned whether it's on the streets with antifa and blm whether it's in social media people you know just absolutely just being thrown off people being silenced and not even knowing it bank accounts being shut down people not getting jobs whether you like it or not you're in a civil war right now and the other side is the only side that's shooting and they're absolutely destroying people's lives so that they can have power and power is the only truth to them. I think that that Twitter thread brilliantly sums up why we feel the way that we feel. Um, we're thinking rational people. And the Q stuff, that's not, I don't think, what we think. But, yeah, the four primary states going dark at midnight, uh, Freud would always say that there, there were, there's no such thing as coincidences. You know, like, that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you can look at Biden. That guy couldn't get uh, 25 people to show up to a parking lot. And we're told that he got more votes than Barack Obama. And usually presidents lose votes in the second term. Trump gained votes. Gained more votes than any sitting president has ever had. So, you know, people can come in and say, oh, the women and the wives. I can tell you that I'm in Orange County. And, and even the conservatives are fairly liberal here. And they showed up en masse to vote for Trump. And I think Trump signaled that a few weeks ago when he talked about California, that maybe he didn't lose there. Because, honestly, I don't know that he did, fairly. I think you can jam it with a lot of illegal voting. And, and I know that a lot of Californians who are activists, they, uh, they, go to, they get caught in Arizona and Nevada screwing the vote. So why wouldn't they screw the vote here? If we had a fair and legal election, I do think that we would have Trump today. Um, would the next step be that they're going to kill him? Well, if truth is the only power, then yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do that. Um, but again, like that old man, what do you do? Do, do? do you just say the part, like, you know, do you end up like Winston in 1984, watching the TV and shouting, you know, Goldstein at it? You know, is that is that what you do in the end? Because you're either, you're, your only option is go out there and fight back 
by showing up to the school boards, by showing up to the elections, by engaging culture man-to-man, woman-to-woman, by not putting up with this abuse, by confronting and catching them, by, you know, doing the things that they're doing, um, by showing up and committing, you know, you're going to be that old man screaming in the street. But there are a lot of us, and I think that they try to you know, make us feel alone. I don't think we're going to end up that old man in the street screaming just to remind ourselves. But even if that's the case, I think that's the right call instead of sitting in some broken down socialist cafe with your coffee ration, screaming at the TV and making sure that you're doing it right so that you don't get reported on and snitched on by your neighbors. I have been reported on and snitched on by my neighbors. I have been reported and snitched on by my peers in writing. It is scumbaggery of the highest order. And it didn't make me get quiet. It made me get louder. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to keep fighting back. That's the podcast. That's the weekend. Uh, If you're a subscriber, you're about to get a little something extra. The Strange Company chapters. If you're not, subscribe right now and you'll get them and a little more bonus extra content might be interesting give it a try for a month for five bucks if not we will be back on monday and that's the podcast